Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. I'm Tim Blevins, lead pastor, and I'm honored you have come to join us. To experience our full service or for more information, check out the links in the description. I hope this message ministers to you and helps you find life in Jesus. Good morning, church. How are you today? Good, good to see you. Welcome. Can you join me in welcoming our guests together, please? It's just it's so great. We're glad you're here. So glad you came. So glad you came. Happy fall, y'all. Is that how you say it, right? So happy fall, y'all. So pretty out today. So great. I love the fall weather. Uh, seasons change, don't they? That's what happens. You, you just We go from season to season. And I bring that up because next week we're starting a series, a brand new teaching series, something I've never taught on before, so I'm excited about it. But I want to teach on the different seasons of our life. And so for four weeks, we've got a series called Seasons. And week one, we're going to talk about the dry season of life. And maybe not our favorite season, but the reality is, is you're going to go through a dry season, meaning that somehow, some way, you don't feel connected to God, even though you are. It just feels like it's dry. The next season we'll talk about is the waiting season. This is when you prayed for something and it hasn't come to pass and you're just in that season of waiting and I want to help us learn how to wait. The next season we'll talk about is are the trials and the difficulty seasons and, and we're all going to go through those. We've, we've not been promised the easy road and so we need to know how to handle that season. But then the final season I'll get us to is the joyful and the happy season. And so we'll take us into that. So I'm looking forward to that starting next week. So I hope you come back and join us for that. Today I want to pick up where I left off a little bit last week in the area of mental health. And um, so before I do, I think it's appropriate just to ask the Lord's presence to be with us. So Father, we come to you. We need you, Lord. Uh, Father, we need your presence. We need your spirit. Holy Spirit, come and move and speak through my words today to minister to, to your people, Lord. And so, Father, in the area of mental health, it's a, it's a significant uh, issue in our culture and most likely in our church, certainly has been in my life. And so I ask that the words that I say today would help us process and move forward in that area. So, Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, can I get an Amen. 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 I wonder how many of you are worried right now. Like sitting here now, I wonder because maybe there's something going on in your life that is, that is in your head that you're thinking. Maybe it feels like a burden to you. Maybe the, the thing that you're thinking about, the worry in your life is, is someone or something, something that's happening. And you feel like you just can't stop worrying. Brings me to my sermon title today I want to share with you. And I put it in a question, can I stop worrying? Because in many ways we feel like worrying is just a natural way of life and, and like just, we just worry. And so I believe we can stop worrying and I want to help us do that. If you are worrying, let me tell you, you're not alone in the worry category. Certainly your pastor has walked through too many nights of worrying and, um, but listen, it's, it's a major health uh, concern, a, a mental health concern all over the world, especially in America. Um, it's, it's, not a, it's not a problem that, that is you know, uncommon. As a matter of fact, it is so common that most people just assume worrying is just a part of life rather than something to actually deal with. And so we want to work on the worry in our life. According to a researcher that I looked up, he's a biblical researching center called the Barna Group, 
And they said that 60% of adults are dealing with worry on a daily basis. So every day, 60%, 6 out of 10 people, which would mean that in our congregation today, 6 out of 10 of you are worrying, and some to the extent that it's really hard to even pay attention to me talking because your mind is stuck on something that is worrying you in your life. And so I'm going to invite you to, to lay down that worry for a minute and allow God to minister in that, that area of your life. Uh, the level of worrying is worrisome. Let me say it that way. Um, we should all be a little worried about all the worrying going on. And so we want to work on the worrying. So if you were with us last week, I began talking about anxiety and depression. And I shared my journey of finding hope through anxiety. And I'm bringing this up because, one, I want to touch a little bit more on it today. But, but also, if you were not able to be with us last week, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to that message. Now, listen, I, I, I rarely ever make a comment like that because it seems a little self-serving. And, and listen, I have nothing about that is about me. I believe the message of hope through anxiety is really important for our church and for culture. And so I'm asking you just maybe for that purpose, go back. Because anxiety and depression have potential to significantly and negatively impact our life in really painful ways. And so just a little recap from last week. I believe that anxiety and depression are a culmination and a combination of five areas of influence in our life. And so on the screen, you can see these five things. And so anxiety and depression are, are a combination or just a, an escalation of one or two of these areas in our life. And so if you think about stress, it would be like you know, pressures of life. And we all carry different types of pressure. It could be work. It could be relationships. It could be parenting could be money in your life. It could be the cost of eggs. I mean, you know, like whatever's bringing pressure into our life. And so stress is common. Then you look at the, the topic of worry. And so if worry escalates or if it's combined with stress, then it can potentially move into places of anxiety in our life. So worry, though, is fear-based thinking. It's when, we, it's when we play all of the what-if scenarios in the wrong direction. And that's what worry is all about. So when worry is tied with stress, it can really escalate in our hearts in a negative way. The next area you see that is part of the, the component of anxiety could be physical or biological reasons and influences. And so it could be a chemical imbalance. And some people uh, unfortunately have that as, a, as a, a place that they deal with in their life. Uh, chronic pain can add to anxieties and depressions in your life. Uh, hormonal changes can uh, impact our life and even a lack of sleep. If you're a terrible sleeper, then you can begin to, to feel the, the, the type of physical, biological pains that come out of that. Then we translate those into stress and to worry. And even a lack of exercise can be part of that. And so any of those three areas that are combined or any of those begin to escalate, then it can move into anxiety and depression. A fourth area, though, if you were to combine that with any of these other areas, would be circumstantial type things. So crisis in our life, and sometimes we go through crisis. 
And so crisis could be like the death of a loved one, and so that's painful. Uh, it could be a bankruptcy or divorce. Uh, it could be a worldwide pandemic that has hit our culture. It could be, it could be isolation. And so any of those types of crisis, then if we add to it worry or something physical or stress, then there's no wonder our culture is dealing with anxiety because all of these things are present in all of our lives. And then again, we look at the spiritual side of that. People who do not know Jesus have, have no ability to find the help from God, the power of God to help them through these situations. Even saved people struggle in our spiritual life at times. Potentially, maybe someone has sinned in some way and, and you feel the condemnation of that, the weight, the guilt of, of disappointing God. And, and sometimes if we don't understand the grace and the forgiveness of God, we carry that in a way that can feel very heavy in our life. And so that the spiritual side is, is part of it. Maybe even broken spiritual habits if you've missed a consistent time of, of worship or a consistent time of being in church, a consistent time in your devotional time with God, then, then we lose the, the, the benefit of God filling us and refreshing us on a regular basis. And, and then, of course, we always deal with the spiritual attack of the enemy in our life. And so I bring these up for you to see that, that there are so many things that are impacting your life, my life, that there's no wonder that we're dealing with anxiety and depression today because all of those things are happening in some shape, form, or fashion in your life. And today I want to take one component of anxiety and depression, which is, which is the place of worry. And I want to talk about worry so that we can de-escalate worry that would help us de-escalate the potential of us moving into other places of anxiety in our life. And so if we can learn to stop the worrying, then we can put the brakes in many ways on some of the issues that arrive through anxiety in our life. Can I get an amen? amen. Last week I shared this, and I feel it's so important to say it again, that good Christians can struggle with mental health. And so I want that to be said because I don't want mental health and, and anxiety and depression and worry to be something the enemy says that you have to stay trapped to yourself because good people, all people can struggle with these issues in your life. It doesn't make you a bad Christian. It just means you have something that you're going to be working on. And I want us to partner together to support one another as we walk out uh, our healing in, in every area of life. Amen? Amen. And so there's no shame in our struggles. But also we need to know that we have a caring God. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. We have His Word to encourage us when we find ourselves in places like worry. So I want to jump into the topic of worry today. And how many of you just like, just raise your hand if you agree there's a lot to worry about. Like, like, have I convinced you that there's plenty to worry about? And so Jesus speaks directly about the topic of worry in the book of Matthew. And he lists five areas that generally we worry about. And so on the screen, you'll see these five areas. So there's, there's, and Jesus said this, by the way, he said, don't worry about these things. He said, don't worry about your finances and don't worry about your food. Don't worry about your fitness, don't worry about your fashion, and don't worry about your future. 
Now, just to be transparent, he didn't say those words exactly, but that's what he meant. And I got all the F's in there and I thought that was great. So um, that's bonus points for a pastor when you can get all the letters to have to match up. So thank you for the claps. I appreciate that. So, um, so Jesus said this, Matthew chapter 6, 25. He said, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. I think we should say that together. Let me read this. Therefore, I tell you, Well, that's a statement, isn't it? I mean, like, okay, I'm just not going to worry anymore. I, I think that I need a little more context on that. Like, if Jesus just said to me, hey, stop worrying, I'm going to be like, I need help with that. And so that's why I want to take this scripture and dig it out a little deeper. The Bible says, therefore, I tell you. Now, anytime in scripture you see the word therefore, it is therefore a reason and it is pointing to some previous point and tying it to the next point. And so he said, therefore, don't worry about your life. So you need to know what was before the therefore. And so in 624, it says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other. You will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So there's your finances. And then he says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. And I think that the way I would approach understanding that first part of text is that Jesus is absolutely saying that we should not put our hope and trust in money, but I think it's a bigger picture that we should not put our hope and trust in anything else except Jesus. Because it says that you, you'll either hate one, love the other, you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. So listen, we cannot put anything in our trust category besides Jesus in our life because nothing else whether it's whether it's you know your finances or your food or your your fashion or whatever it may be nothing else will satisfy you in your life nothing else will carry you in your life except for Jesus amen and so I think that's the context so he says then you know you cannot serve God and money that's your finances therefore I tell you do not worry about your life or what you will eat or drink so I think the context of that would be Jesus was, was talking about, you know, food, but it wasn't about like, you know, like you need to eat keto. That wasn't his point. Like he wasn't encouraging anybody to go on intermittent fasting. Like that wasn't his deal. What he was talking about was to those people at that moment that were in front of him were struggling between the religious law and the things that they were required to eat to satisfy the law. And Jesus is saying, the law won't satisfy you, only me. And so he is making that point to them. So he says, don't worry about what you'll eat or drink. That's your food. He said, don't worry about your body. That's your, that's your, um, your fitness in your life. In other words, he's talking about your health. He's like, don't over worry about your health. If it had been written like, you know, in this generation, it might have said, don't go on WebMD. Because WebMD will worry you to death, won't it? You can start out with a hangnail and have cancer by the time you've dug out WebMD. And so like it's saying, don't worry. But I'm going to be real honest with you. When your health is not right, it's really, really tempting to move into worry. And this is another area that Jesus is teaching us to not depend on anything else, but to trust him through those situations. So he says, don't worry about your body, what you, what's your body. Don't worry about your, what you wear. So he's like, don't worry about your fashion. Why would he talk about your fashion? Uh, potentially, I think it had to do with the fact that 
He doesn't want us to work on our image to please people, but only to please God. I, I think it's, it's more about his provision in every area of life and that we can't depend on cars and we can't depend on our bank accounts and we can't depend on our houses. What we need to do is completely 100% trust and depend on our Savior, Jesus. And so I believe that's the context. So he said, don't worry about your fashion. He said, is, is uh, life not more than food and your body more than clothes? Therefore, he says in verse 34, he says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. And there's our future. Don't worry about the future. Don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough troubles of its own. Who would just be honest with me and go, yeah, I understand enough troubles for each day, right? And so we all have those troubles. And so I believe that the text is, is teaching us that, that we are not to worry about anything in our life. And so I want to take the next few minutes and teach you two things that I believe are consistent with this text that Jesus would want us to know about how we can stop worrying. And the first thing I want to bring up to you is that worry is a sign to work on something. It's a sign. So when you worry, it's a sign. Something is wrong. I need to work on something. In Matthew 6, 34, back to this verse again, it says, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. And then it goes on to say, each day has trouble of its own. In other words, don't worry about tomorrow, work on today. My mom used to have a, a saying that she would say to all of us, and she would say that the choices that we make today will be the life we live tomorrow. So in other words, what you do with today really can either solve the problems of tomorrow or it can create more problems tomorrow. And so we want to learn how to handle and deal with the issues that are in today so that we don't have to worry tomorrow. You see, I don't believe that Jesus would teach that to stop worrying is to ignore our problems. Like problems are real and they need to be handled. They need to be solved. They need to be dealt with. So when I see worry, when I feel worry in my life, it is my brain giving me a warning signal that something's wrong. And so one of the ways that we can stop worrying is to figure out why we are worrying. What is the cause of that worry? What, what is happening in our life that is creating that sense of worry? And if we can find out what that is, then we can work on that today so that tomorrow it's not an issue in our life. So as an example, if, if your marriage is worrying you, so maybe there's some friction in your marriage, and so if that's the issue that's rising up, causing worry in your life, then what do you do? Well, you go work on your marriage. You go to your spouse and say, we need to work on this. I'm worried about our marriage and there's something not right. We have, a, we have maybe a difficult conversation, but it moves us into a better place. And so we can work on it. Maybe the area that you worry about is with your finances, and so you lay awake at night and you're worried about paying the bills in your life. And, and so instead of worrying about it, maybe the next day you get up and you come up with a plan on how can I spend less? Instead of just worrying over it, let's come up with an action plan. Let's, let's maybe get a little side hustle, make a little extra money. Whatever it takes, we want to solve problems in our life. Worry is that indication that there's something going on. Maybe it's your health that's bothering you. Maybe you're worrying about something in your health. 
So I would encourage you, maybe then tomorrow you need to get up a little earlier and go for a walk outside and catch a little sunshine and, and, you know, work out a little bit. Work on your health instead of just settling for, well, I'm just going to be sick all my life. Like, find the solutions. Go to the doctor. Go to bed. Get better sleep. Eat better. Do something that improves what your situation is worrying you over. Because here's what happens. Worry thrives in unknown. It loves the unknown. Worry, it, worry loves an Ill, illogical, a, 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 just, a, just a theory. Like, oh, I'm just worried. You talk to me, what are you worried about? I don't know, I'm just worried. Like, if you will identify the worry, then you can, can begin to work on it. And I want you to know that you can work on the things in your life. You don't have to settle for the problems happening in your life. With you and God, you have the agency to make changes in your life. And I want to encourage you to, to move out of just worry and move into fixing things. I'm encouraging you to be smart about a couple things in your life that are bothering Be smart. Use some wisdom. Ask for coaching. Say, hey, well, can you help me learn what to do so I can be better in this area? Do something to get unstuck in your life. Don't settle, amen? Don't settle. Listen, like... Grab life by the horns and wrestle that thing to the ground. Like, don't settle for whatever's going on in your life as a problem and go, well, I'm just going to worry about it. Stop the worrying and start working on it. Amen? Listen, you just decide. I'm going to stop worrying over that, and I'm going to start fixing that. And I've, I've, I've learned that in my life that even if I haven't solved the problem, if I come up with a plan, if I identify that plan and I start working on it, even before it's solved, I start feeling better inside because I'm moving in the right direction. So I believe this, and you take, write this down, that worry can help us focus on a challenge and move us to action. Amen, church? So Jesus told us to stop worrying. Worry about today, maybe. Not worry about it, but fix today. Work on today. Why? Why do we need to fix stuff? Why do, we need to, why do we need to stop worrying? I'll give you three quick reasons why you need to quit worrying, by the way. Worrying won't fix anything. Worrying never fixes it. I've tried it. I can testify it never fixes it. Worry won't add a single day to your life, will it? It might subtract a day. So worrying doesn't help there. Nothing gets better when you worry, but your mental health gets worse. And so therefore, we want to learn how to not worry. Which brings me to my second point. Worry is a sign to seek God. It's a sign to seek God. I want to take us back to the same text. I skipped over a few verses to pull out the, the areas that Jesus was pointing to us that, that are troubling in our life. But he has solutions that are written all in the middle of this. And so let me share this with you again. It says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what you'll wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. And he says, look at the birds in the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And he says, are you not much more valuable than they? Listen, the birds are great. I love to hear the birds. You know, tweet, tweet, tweet. I love it. They're great. God cares for them. Jesus is making the point. That the birds don't toil. They just, they just live in constant trust. 
We toil, and he's saying, does God not care about you and I more than the birds in the air? Would he not care for your needs? So he's building this situation where we understand that we are supposed to trust God instead of worrying. He says in verse 27, can any one of you by worrying at a single hour to your life? Obviously not. Verse 28 says, why do you worry about your clothes? Then he goes on to say, see how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, all his splendor, who is dressed like one of these. And if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? In other words, would he not provide for us? Can you trust him? And then he goes on to say, all of you, we of little faith, when we put our trust in other things, then we have little faith. Then he says in verse 31, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things. So who are the pagans? Well, those are people who do not follow Jesus. And he's saying this is the route that they, they take in life. They, they chase after everything else. In other words, he's like saying if you chase after work and you chase after self-image, none of those things will satisfy your life. But as believers, we have the confidence of this, that your heavenly Father knows that you need them. How great is that? So I want to share something that might hurt your feelings just a little bit. <laughs> and it's going to hurt my feelings a little bit too. So it, this is one of those points I'm getting ready to make that I should be in the chair with you because I'm speaking to, to all of us on this. But here's what I, I believe when I read this, that worrying is essentially saying, God, I do not trust you. I don't trust your plan for my life, God. I don't think you're good and I don't think you're going to be good to me. Now that's a pretty bold point, but that's what worry is. Worry is saying, God, I'm going to have to take over this in my own because I can't trust you in it. And church, whatever you worry about the most reveals where you trust God the least. Whatever you worry about the most reveals where you trust God the least. So whatever you're worrying about is a low point in your life. It's a place that you're like, hey, I'm, I'm taking this one over. God, I'll give you those things, but this one's mine. Listen, I'm not judging you at all because I'm vulnerable to worry too. There have been too many 2 a.m. nights where, trust me, I wasn't up counting all my blessings from God. I was counting all the, the stresses in my life and the worries of my day. But I share that with you because the next verse, verse 33, says, but, but, in other words, all of these things I just listed to you, all of these things that won't satisfy your life, none of that will help you. Worrying about those things will not help you. It's like the but is like saying, instead of worrying, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all of the things that are worrying your life, he will begin to take care of you. And so I believe you have a choice. You can try to do it on your own or you can try to get God involved in your life. And you can turn to him and seek him. God, I seek you in this area. 
God, I'm, I'm praying to you in this area. And so worry is this, this, this warning or this, this signal to turn to God and say, God, I am worrying. And so instead of worrying, I'm going to seek you in this area of my life because I don't want to be walking in a lack of faith in this area. And so I want to encourage you, church, to, to, to stop your worrying by taking it to God and begin to, to pray about the problem. Begin to get, ask God for wisdom about how to solve the problem in your life. Cast those burdens upon God. Like that's what he asks us to do. He's like, cast this to me, give me. He is saying, give me your burden. He'll worry for you. So you don't have to. Put your cares in God's hands. I've mentioned this a couple times in church. and A simple prayer that I pray now when I feel worry come upon me. And I say, God, I give you everyone and everything. It's a simple prayer, but the depth of that is so amazing. To be able to say, God, I give you my family. God, I give you my children. I give you my church. I give you everything, God. I can't carry this weight. Now, again, I'm not saying that we ignore the, any problems. But we also can't worry about our problems either. And I want to share with you three things that could happen about the thing you're worrying about. This may help you understand why you don't need to worry. There are three things that'll happen. So you're worrying about something. You're worried about your finances. You're worried about your marriage. You're worried about, I mean, those things are popping up and you're worrying about it. Here are three outcomes of what you're worrying about. Number one, uh, nothing happens. Do you know so many things we worry about, it never happens? There was a study by uh, Penn State University on the topic of worry. And so they interviewed a whole bunch of people and they found out what they are worrying about. And they wrote them all down. They worried about this, worrying about this. And then they followed up with that same group of people 30 days later. And they found out that 91% of the things they were worrying about never happened. They were just worrying over worrying, but it never happened. And so I want to say to you that there's a, there's a real high chance, like a 90% a chance that it's not going to happen. That one thing you're worrying about, there's a 90-something percent chance that it's not even going to happen. But there's a 100% chance that it'll rob your joy if you keep, if you keep worrying about it. It'll mess your mental health up if you keep worrying about it. So that's the first thing. Nothing happens. The second thing is that it happens, but it's not quite as bad as you thought it was. And that happens pretty common. We, we build this scenario up in our head. We, we, we ruminate over a situation and we tend to, to take it into extremes. That like, well, when this happens, life is over. When, when this happens, the marriage is over. When this happens, I lose my job. When this happens, you know, and we, we build it into that. And then it happens, and it's not quite that bad. It, it's, we, like, we found a way to work through it. We found a way to navigate this, this problem. And, and, and that happens a lot, where we, we, we build up something to a level 10, and it turns out to be a level 3. And so I want to tell you that sometimes it will happen. Whatever it is you were worried about, it's going to happen 10% of the time, basically. Some of that time, it's not as bad. The third area that I want to share with you that it happens, it's really challenging. And God will carry you through it. 
God will carry you through it. I wish I could tell you that you're never going to experience pain. I wish that, that I could teach you to stop worrying because you're never going to experience that thing that you were worried about. But I can promise you this, that God will be with you through it. Instead of worrying about it, you can trust that one, either it's not going to happen to, it's not going to be as bad, but even if it does, you're not alone. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, it says this, it says that even though I walk through the darkest valleys of life, it says I will fear no evil. In other words, I will not think negatively. I will not, I will not project fear into my future. And instead, I know that when I go through my hardest times, that my God is with me and that He will comfort me through it all. And I want you to know there are times that we will experience God's presence and His peace in the valleys that we could never experience on the mountaintops. And as a pastor, I've had many opportunities to walk through peop with people through their valleys of life. And so many times they would say to me at a funeral home, I could never have gotten through this without God. Talk to people going through significant troubles in their life and they'll tell you, I could never have managed this if I hadn't had the help of God in my life. And so I want you to know that, that the worries that you have are really not going to help you. And potentially nothing happens. Potentially something happens. Potentially it's really bad. But you're not alone. God will take you through it. And instead of worrying, seek God over it. And I close with this thought because warning is this flashing sign to you. If you're worrying, listen, it's telling you something. Worry is telling you something. It's like the flashing light on your dashboard of life. And if you don't work on that worry, if you don't, if you don't give it to God, if you don't work on it, then, then it will escalate into other painful issues in your life. And I want you to know that worry is a call to action for you to work on your problems. And worry is a call to trust God and pray about the problem. And so I want to minister to you for just a minute as I close. You can close your notebook. And I just want to minister to your heart. Because I know that many of us are going through places that can create worry in our life. And I want to take this minute as a church and, and give you an opportunity to, to give it to God. And just say, God, I, I'm going to trust you in it. Because that's the whole thing he was trying to teach us, is to trust him. And so would you bow your heads and, and would you just say this either out loud or in your own words, I don't care, but let it be your heart. God, I give you everyone and everything. Hmm. Lord, I just pray that as people are, are feeling that at this moment, God, that we would give you Maybe something to do with our parents. Maybe it's with our spouse or our marriage or our children or a friend, God. In an honest moment, God, we would all say, I'm concerned about this. But I really don't want to worry about it either. 
I don't want to stop caring, but worrying is not helping. And so God, at this moment, I'm just going to, I'm going to release that to you. I'm going to, I'm going to release it and give it to you, God. I'm going to trust you. Yes, I'll work on it, but I'm going to trust you through it. Maybe today you're here, you're worried about your finances. Would you just say, God, I'm, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you in it. I'm going to work on it, God, but I'm going to trust you through it. Maybe paying your bills, maybe your health, maybe your future. Would you just be honest with yourself and say, I have been worrying and, and I want to stop worrying. And God, right now, I turn this over to you today. Would you give me wisdom on how to fix these things? God, I seek you and I trust you. God, I give you everyone and everything. And God, at this moment, I pray that you would fill your people with your presence and your peace. God, we've emptied ourselves out of those things we're worrying. And God, I ask that you would fill it with your peace today. Help us to walk out of here with a new sense of, of trust in you. And so God, I love you. Your word says that you'd care for the birds, you'd clothe the flowers. How much more will you do it for us? And we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, church. Amen. Amen. Hey, before we step out, I want to give an invitation to anyone who has never begun a relationship with Jesus Christ. Without Jesus, I don't know how you do the difficult things of life. And you're going to face them. With Jesus, you have him to walk with you. The sin in our life, the only way to deal with it is through Jesus Christ. I want you to know, and I got it on the screen, that you are loved by God. He loves you, not because you've been good and not in spite of your sin. He just chooses to love us. It's our sin though that put that gap between us and God. And we can't fill it by being good enough. We can't bridge that gap. And so Jesus, he came and he died on the cross he paid for mine and your sin so that we're free and forgiven. And that's when we begin that relationship with our Heavenly Father. And I want to give you an opportunity this morning to choose Jesus, to surrender your life and say, I choose Him. I want to, to serve Him. I want my life to be, be filled with the presence and I want my sins forgiven. I want a new life. And so I'm going to ask everyone in this really special moment to bow your heads again. If there's anyone here and say, Pastor Tim, I want to begin a new life in Jesus. Would you raise your hand to me? I don't want to miss anybody. Thank you, Lord. Let's all pray this together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. He forgives my sins. I turn to him today and I receive forgiveness. I receive salvation. And now would you fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, can I get a great amen and clap, church? Amen. amen.